guys, and welcome to the Creative Influencer Show, a weekly podcast talking about personal development goals, building a business, Muskoka vibes, and how to get your next project off the ground running. I have been building, designing, and investing in Muskoka properties for almost two decades, and it is crazy how time flies. I'm Amanda McLennan, owner and designer of RB Furniture and RB Design located in Muskoka, Canada. I'm an entrepreneur at the core with an incredible design team, a mom to three amazing humans, and the girl that always needs to know the meaning behind all of life's questions. I have a huge love for surfing, CrossFit, morning coffee, and traveling around the world. So what is the freaking deal? The Creative Influencer Podcast is a brand new platform that I am so excited to share because I love talking and most of the time won't stop chatting. So get ready to have your heart filled with love and your mind filled with inspiration. I am completely obsessed with anything design and personal development. So if that is your vibe, we are going to be besties. Okay, RB Tribe, let's jump in and get started because I know that you guys are going to love this episode. Okay, so before we get started, I wanted to make sure that everybody knows that RB Furniture is a completely e-commerce available, which is super cool for all of your shopping needs. So make sure to head to the website and grab all those favorite and amazing things that you find all summer long, rbfurnitureshop.com. Flat rate shipping applies and remember to join the RB mail list to receive 15% off your first online order. Thanks for shopping, guys. Okay, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are going to be learning today, learning and discovering all the new terms that the young folk are using. So let's start unpacking that and unpacking our fears, aka it's actually our teenagers because I'm a mom of three and not all of my kids are teenagers, but they're kind of like that. I don't even know what the right word is. It's a preteen. I got like half. I got some teenagers some that think that they're teenagers and others that don't want to be teenagers. Anyways, the point of this is we're talking about their vocabulary because they often use completely different terminology um, than what I'm familiar with, but I'm starting to learn and discover what that is. And also too, I want to talk about fear. So I think it's a good thing to combine the both. So those of you that are new around here, I'm your girl, Amanda, mom, designer, entrepreneur, and I've also recently acquired the role of what feels like most days being the mom that drives the kids around, the momber, or like what Uber would be if it was just for moms. I don't know how many moms and dads that are out there that feel like they drive their children around all the freaking time, but I don't know. I feel like that's my role right now if I'm not driving somebody to a sports event, it's to a gymnastics meet, it's maybe to a party, it's to a friend's house, it's just something. Point is, is that I'm doing a lot of driving. And I don't know, but when I was a kid, I didn't always have that. So my kids are freaking lucky. And on these little mini road trips that we take, I get to have a whole lot of time with my kids. And that's when we talk and we chat about some of the really cool things. And I also find it really informative because they're like these little mini sessions that I get with them, depending on who's riding up shotgun with me. Um, I love talking to them because I think that like kids are filled with so much information. It's so cool, especially teenagers. Love it. 
But seriously, I love chatting with them and I love figuring out what's going on with them, what's up and what their fears, their struggles and their daily joys are and what their celebrations are. But that's not why we're here today. We're not talking about my kids, not specifically. Today, I wanted to talk about fear and more importantly, this new trendy term that my kid likes to refer to all the time as being cringy or cringe. My kids use it all the time. And again, like I said, I have teenagers and preteens, so I think it's like this cool term that they use in their language. So let's break it down. The other week I was reading this quote and I don't remember who it was by. It just popped on like my Instagram feed and it said, your fear of being cringe is holding you back. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. Like your fear of being cringe is holding you back. And I don't know what it was for me, but it just stuck. I was like, yes, it absolutely is. And I'm not just speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for just my kids. I'm speaking for everyone. Honestly, if you break it down, toddlers are the most cringiest little human beings on the planet. You think about it. Their carefree attitude of not actually giving a fuck is epic. I mean, for those of you who understand and you get me, because at one point or another, if you have had the pleasure of parenting one of these little genetic marvels, then you will know what I'm speaking of. And for those of you who haven't, honestly, trust me on this one. You definitely will identify with them of being freaking gross. That's for sure. When toddlers start to discover their personal style, it's freaking amazing. At one point, my son thought that like only wearing winter boots completely naked was the way to go. My daughter, Campbell, her food choices would have honestly been like white butter pasta parm until she reached adulthood. And Matilda firecracker that kid she wears every freaking hand-me-down from her brother sisters friends and honestly sometimes like maybe what she finds randomly and sometimes I have to send her back upstairs guys to try again because I feel the child protective services are going to call me during my morning team meeting based on her outfit of the day (laughs) like honestly she doesn't care though she has this vibe of like she feels comfortable wearing whatever And sometimes I look at her and I'm actually envious of that level of confidence. It's like the thing between childhood and adulthood, somewhere along the line, we start caring more about what other people's opinions of us are than what we actually care about. And to have that level of confidence and to show up unapologetically and just actually get on with whatever the, like whatever you're heading off to do, man, that's like, that's so epic. I love that. I freaking love that. My point is, being somewhere between the little naked two-year-old and the carefree nine-year-old, we lose ourselves. We start thinking more about what other people think of us and how they're going to react rather than just owning and enjoying the confidence that we did when we were nine. And like, I will tell you guys, this year, oh boy, like 2022, for me, this has been the super like freaking cringiest year ever. I have failed more times in front of people, friends, clients, strangers than any other year of my life. I have failed more times in front of complete random people more times in my life this year like than any other year. It's 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 actually been one of the cringiest years for me. And see, like for me, 
that term being cringy, like that cool term that my little broad of minors like to use is just another way of saying that you are fearful of failure in front of others. Let me repeat that again, guys. You are fearful of failure in front of other people. Okay, so now that we've unloaded that, your fear of failure in front of other people is what's holding you back. Or what the young people are saying, cringe. I feel like cringe is kind of like fear of failure, so I'm going to throw that in there and kind of use it as the same thing. Now, before everyone jumps down the hole of denial, we have all at one point or another not shown up 100% of ourselves for fear of failure and being put on a stage to display that failure in front of people. How many people have done that? And it's like so nerve wracking. There's so many things in life, if I'm being honest, that I haven't done for fear of being put on stage because I know that I'm going to fail at them. And I can guarantee you that this has happened to you at one point or the another. This is especially true for teenagers. Guys, like I can't stress that enough. Like I have so many conversations with my kids because I think that over the past couple of years, especially coming out of COVID, our kids are spending more time on social media. They have less interaction with human beings. And honestly, guys, like they have some serious stuff that they like will talk about that I feel like even in my generation is growing up, like it's just not the same thing. Like they're experiencing so many different, like different things and being able to problem solve that in their way is sometimes like it's a learning opportunity for both of us because how I grew up and how my son is growing up are two different ways. I wasn't exposed to social media the same way that he is. And certainly the amount of, you know, texting and like, I mean, back in the day, like we would pick up, like I would pick up the phone and call my friends, right? Like I would pick up, I would old school, like pick up the phone, call my friends. I didn't text like the social, the lack of social communication in teenagers right now. It is, it's, it's crazy. It's really, really crazy. And I can't stress it enough about teens. Please guys, please, honestly, if you're a teenager and you're listening to this right now, The people that you have in your circle today, please be brave. Like, it won't matter. These people will not matter. Your circle of friends in one year, in two years, five years, and even 10 years down the road will not be the same circle of people that you will share and break bed with. I can guarantee it. I have literally like one friend left from high school, like maybe a handful, like maybe one is slightly an exaggeration, but I don't stay in contact. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of people. I don't stay in contact on a daily basis. Like those people are not my people. And I'm just like, I hear all this conversation, you know, of like, I'm so scared of like getting up on stage and like doing my speech. I'm so scared of doing this. It's like, guys, like if one thing, if I could take one time machine to go back in time and like tell Amanda, you know, that she needed to have a level of confidence that was more fearless, like, and just being able to be present and be on stage would be so incredible. That is the secret sauce. Like that is the secret sauce of being able to be super, super brave in those situations. Please guys, put yourself out there, be brave and hold your head high. Even when you think your idea is not worthy of a voice, it matters. You matter. There is only one version of you. Guys, for the longest time, I have always wanted to go whitewater rafting. Like for the longest time I can remember. 
I feel like, honestly, it looks scary as ever with people flying down the river amongst rocks, wearing these tiny little helmets, life jackets, only to like what appears to be tossed out of the raft near death. And the only thing protecting them is a floating rubber raft, what looks like a skilled river guide, and perhaps maybe the hand of God. I don't know. Maybe I'm exaggerating. I don't know. It looks epic. And honestly, for the longest time, I have almost like I had one of my friends, you know, quote this where it's like, you know, you have it in your Amazon cart, but you just haven't like click checked out. I feel like this with whitewater rafting was for me. And again, a couple of years ago, what happened, it was COVID. It put a bit of damper on my plans. But the short story is, is I ended up buying tickets for Christmas for my little brother and for myself to fully send it down the Ottawa River. Why? Well, as you know, my brother sadly passed away in April of this year, which left me with extra tickets and the opportunity to either bail, which guys would have been the easy choice, or to find some new adventure buddies to continue on with the mission. And this is where your friend Red was not about to opt out for an adventure, even though it was super hard knowing that Andrew wouldn't be part of this. So that's where it brought me to Jen and Emma. Jen and Emma are two amazing human beings. And I work out with them at CrossFit. Both of them are some badass women that just happen to be nurses and can lift more than most of the guys at our gym. And I figured that it would help me in the overall experience if things went south by asking them to join me in this adventure trip. I figured that they would probably likely have an emergency kit, some encouraging words, and definitely something in their camping gear. Guys, my car is normally equipped with like Benjamin paint decks, tape measures, and random oddballs of pillows and accessories. Not anything, honestly, resembling anything of camping or survival mode. I like don't own a compass and we would pretty much like die if there was a zombie apocalypse and I was the team lead. So off we all went in August on a road trip to Ottawa and we set out with camping gear and snacks. Now, You'll note that I said the word camping. Weird, right? Because that's not something that your girl Amanda does. Normally, nope. I would not say that with any type of confidence. Why? Because I am not a fan of camping. I don't like it. It's not my favorite thing to do. However, if I'm forced into situations, I have been known to camp. I've done it twice this year, which for me is a lot. I'm not the type of girl that's going to go camping on this big camping trip, unless there's a goal at the end of it. I mean, I don't know. It's just not my jam. <laughs> but to give the whole experience, Emma, or my girl Emma, has literally backpacked like the Patagonia Mountains and she's traveled all across the world in kayaks down the Amazon jungle, probably. She's a total badass. So she was secretly elected the leader of this new team. Anyways, we arrive at the campsite. Emma's got all her gear. Jen's our little sidekick and we got all the tent and tarps and by the way like Jen is she her and Emma they're pitching these tents and setting up things and they're tying things to trees and whatever and I'm just looking at them mesmerized because I 
don't know the first thing. Like, I understand how the pegs go into the ground. And, like, I understand that there's, like, a zipper at the front and all of that stuff. And I could, like, kind of figure it out. But these girls are, like, amazing race sitting up this tent. It was quite the event. It was super, super cool watching them. Anyways, so second in command is definitely Jen. And, by the way, she's an equally skilled camper and adventure seeker. I, I, I'm the girl that bought the bottle of Pink Whitney, plastic champagne flutes, and little tiny umbrellas from the gas station. That, that was my contribution as I was sitting at the picnic table watching these two ladies unfold the tent, set up everything. I kind of helped a little bit, but my job was to make sure that there was a festive cocktail at the end of it. Um, and I just like, we can't all be like Emma. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But in the morning, we got debriefed. We got camping. In the morning, we got debriefed for our orientations. We ended up using, um, I booked my uh, whitewater experience through Owl um, Rafting. So it's right on the Ottawa River. You can go and Google them. This is not like a marketing pitch whatsoever. They actually have a fabulous campground that's there. They have an amazing staff, amazing team, um, and all of their equipment and gear. Like it just, it was such a great experience. So we wake up, so we camped out there. Um, for one night and then um, in the morning you wake up they have like this massive buffet breakfast like eggs Um, they're really accommodating because some of us are gluten-free and they were super accommodating with that Um, so we had like eggs and there was like I don't know bacon and like all kinds of really yummy things to eat we got set up with like coffee and um, had all of our breakfast and then you move into a different room where you're broken down from for orientations so we were all assigned to our raft and at, because what I had done is I'd actually signed up for a six-man raft, and um, which means that they're just smaller. You can pick uh, larger rafts, which are less tippy, so it's like less extreme. It's less chances of actually being flipped over. After orientation, we boarded a big yellow school bus, and we drove about 15 minutes up the river to the drop point um, with the raft team and the guide. And our raft guide honestly he was the coolest he was dressed like in this like worn but like hipster work shirt like it was really cool like flowing locks of hair he was way cooler than me and his name was christian so me jen emma and along with this single guy person I forgot his name I do apologize and this other father and son team we all board the raft it's like this giant yellow raft with Christian and he explained how to paddle correctly like forwards backwards left right um he was like naming calls it was really really cool it's like it's like a whole thing and I know that it sounds really simple but when you're faced with a problem, when the, like the rapid's really strong, it's strong enough to not only pull like you, but also the raft and all the people inside the raft under the current. So like, it was really, really important for everybody to be able to understand the instructions at the same time. So we sort of practiced that before we like dipped into the first rapid. So all is well. And as you can tell, everyone is getting like a little bit anxious, a little bit nervous. They've got a little bit of butterflies and like, just, I don't know, general, like newbie feelings all around. So Christian peeks up and he asks us as we start to paddle, like, he's like, can I send it? Like, you know, like, are you guys okay if we get like tipped out? He wanted to make sure. And everybody eagerly cheers on yes. 
And the rest of the raft agrees, which was like really, really cool. The funny thing is like on that, I've never actually been down the Ottawa river. So like, I've never even been whitewater rafting, let alone like compliment, like, like comprehend, like what it actually means to like fully send it and actually be part of the cheer team for that. It was kind of like one of those moments like afterwards where you're like, this is why, this is why, this is why I'm getting into trouble and like being like, you know, because I'm often that person that will put my hand up like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I literally don't know what I'm doing. The first rapid comes up and we play around with Christian and he directs us into the rapid and we all paddle under his instruction and then we get to sit on top of the rapid which was like really really super cool and then eventually we all get tossed out and the entire raft like flips over and now everyone is like got all those butterflies out they're not a newbie anymore and the good news is that you get like all those nervous nellies out of your system the total time rafting I think for us was about like four, it was over four hours and it depends on the time of the year and how fast the water is flowing to go down the Ottawa river. Like how just depending on like the rapids and like, interesting enough, the Ottawa river can change in height over the course um, from the spring to the fall with the snow melt. It's like over 25 feet that it can change in terms of height. There's markers on certain rocks when you go down um, the Ottawa River that tell the guides how high the water levels are. So this is also important because depending on the water level, the heights of the rapids can change based on the flow and the water level. And then they also change the rapids themselves. So it's really, really cool because when you hear your guides and they start calling out things, they know where different rapids are at different points. And um, yeah, it's like a whole thing. It's like a whole thing. I just thought it was the coolest... um the coolest little experience, like for sure. And all the, the guides talk to one another. Um, it's really, 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 um, interesting and like super informative. And it's also breathtaking too. If you ever have the chance to go rafting down the Ottawa river, I highly recommend it. It's like just this untouched, like taste of like Canadiana. Like it's so beautiful. There's all these evergreen trees. It's breathtaking. And it's just like, I re- you really feel that you like, people that are like discovering Canada, you know, whatever, like they're (laughs) pilgrims back in the day. Like it just, I think it's so, it was so breathtaking. So it was really, really beautiful. So anyways, our raft continues down the Ottawa river and I take in the moments like of sheer freaking beauty. Honestly, guys, it's stunning. I just keep on thinking to myself how, honestly, how lucky I am to be Canadian and how much my brother would have loved to have seen it. It's not an advertisement for owl um, rafting company, but Guys, they did an amazing job in guiding and teaching us that day. Not just our guide, but like the whole team. It was super cool. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you to the OWL team and the rafting because it was an amazing, amazing opportunity. And I definitely would go back and do it again. On this raft trip, about halfway down, what happens is that I knew that they were going to make a pit stop to do um, some cliff jumping. And more importantly, it was to get a snack. Specifically, it was a cookie. Now, your girl Amanda, back in the day, I was the best jumper off like the Buckpool Harbor in Scotland where I grew up. I would jump off that pier, especially into the harbor. Like, and if you know, then you know. You know you need to wear shoes when you do that so you don't have to walk out on all the stones um, and get your feet all like jabbed up from the rocks. But I don't know how many new pairs of Nike Air Max I racked or ended up 
with water squishing out the little air compartments on the soles. And for any of you guys that have grown up, if you were born in the 80s and you were going to school in the the 90s and you had a pair of Nike Air Max, then you will totally understand what I'm talking about. They used to have these little like squish. I don't even know if Nike Air Max is like still a thing. I don't know. But they had like these little air compartments that were under like the heel of your, your foot. And, um, yeah, I would like go jumping all the time off the pier in the Harbor and I would get water that would be stuck in there. And then every time I'd walk, it would literally squish out. It would be like making squishy noises. It was really, really funny, but you could tell that you were an epic kid if you did that. So I was a total cool kid, um, in school, like walking, making these squishy noises. Well, what I thought was cool. I was a total, I was a total dork guys in school, but I was walking around school making these squishy noises and the most recent victory, like on another pier jump. And the side note is, is like the Harbor that I was jumping from, it went directly into the North sea, which keeps an average, like balmy temperature of about 64 degrees in the summer months. So it's pretty freaking cold. Okay. So that was back then. And this is now I cannot tell you, especially in Muskoka, how many cliffs, particularly the ones around cottages with ropes that I have climbed up to. And due to the fact that I am like now as an adult, a giant chicken, and I don't, I don't want to like expose this, like the story at the end here, but like, I just feel like a giant chicken every time I climb up there and getting old with like that fixed mindset. It's just honestly, it's shit. It's just really shit. There's no other word to describe it. I'm just going to add that in there. See, you see what I did there. I already told myself I couldn't and I wouldn't do it even before I got out of that raft. I was literally, we raft up to this. I know that it's a cliff. I know that we're going to be jumping. It's totally optional. They're not going to force you to do that. But I had already told myself, like, "Mm, I don't know. Doesn't look safe. Not sure if you're going to do it. I think that you should bail out, Amanda. So that was, like, definitely for me, like, started off to be such a problem. And I knew that, like, going in there, it would be so, like, scary to do this massive cliff jump. So Christian eventually guides the raft to the area where we're all going to jump off the cliff. Now to paint this like picture for everyone, there are multiple guides. There are multiple rafts along the river with us. And I would say that there may be like, I don't know, 40 people or something like that, like that were on the total raft trip with us. You have an option at that, like I had mentioned before, you can select a larger raft. These are way less tippy and don't tend to flip as much than the smaller six passenger rafts, which is what we were on. And like all of the guides that direct the rafts into the, 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 where the cliff jumping is, they direct them to like the rock line and then they short, like the shore line, it's like a rock line. And then they tie them all up. People hop out and they make their way to the granite ridge area at the top. The main guide, I don't remember his name, but he's like this, got this like cool kind of Australian accent, which helped with the explanation of the next events. So he climbs out, Jen, Emma, myself, we all hop out of the raft. We make our way up to this top of this granite ridge. It's probably about, I don't know, 25 feet, you know, 30 feet, something like that. And we're listening to this main guide who's this Australian guy who's now going to break down all of the do's and don'ts for cliff jumping off of this particular rock. Now, 
the thing is, is that he's up there and he has like this super cool and he like, he's like, this is what we're going to do. You will have the opportunity to jump off this cliff. And when and if you do, you need to hold your hands against your chest in an emergency jump rescue like position. So you're literally like your arms are going to be like crossed over like in an X position and jump directly down like a pin. Like if you can kind of envision this. So it's like arms are crossed over emergency jump position. If you guys have ever lifeguarded, then this is kind of like, you know, like it's one of the jumps that we do in the pool all the time. Okay. So your arms are crossed over. You're like a pin. You're going to drop down. And it's no fancy shit. Like, they don't want you backflipping off this thing. They don't want... I'm thinking to myself, like, backflipping? This thing is, like, 30 feet in the air. Like, there's no way. I'm not backflipping this thing. I don't even know if I'm going to be jumping this thing. So he's like, you guys don't want to be idiots. And you don't want to be the idiot that turns out that wrecks it for everyone. Now, for those of you wondering at this point, or maybe you forgot, we're actually on the Ottawa River. Now, the Ottawa River is moving considerably fast because we're floating downstream and in the raft with a current. So that means when you jump off this cliff or mountain, Granite Ridge Rock, whatever it is, right, the summit point, it means that you're going to jump into a moving current. And I'm thinking to myself, great, I am so not fucking doing this. This is way too cringy for me. That's literally what I think. So the cute little Australian guide also points out that when you jump off, remembering he's like crossed arm like a pin, drop like a pin, cross your your hands over, and when you pop back up, then swim like a boss to the right side of the shoreline so that when the current pulls you in, otherwise we're going to have to toss you an emergency rope which all the guys are equipped with like on their belts. It's like a fluorescent orange or yellow, you know, belt with a giant long rope in it, which is essentially like a large, it's like a large bag. And I immediately think to myself, oh, I'm going to be the only like freaking loser who ends up needing that rope. That's 100% going to be like the thing. Now, I remember that I had the girls with me and somehow don't ask me how this happened This all lays down and this like conversation exists for, I'm going to say it's maybe like a couple of minutes that the cute Australian guide, raft guide is like explaining to us how we're going to properly jump off this cliff, how we're not going to end up in the Ottawa river in a pile of doom, how we now need to swim to the shore. The current's going to be driving us. Don't get the rope. There's so many things here that I have to remember. So I also have the girls with me and I don't, don't ask me how this happened. The three of us end up being the people that are almost like front of the row. We're the front of the pack right now for this very informative presentation. I don't know how that happened, but we were, we didn't start out that way, but we end up being like the front of the pack for the presentation. And likely I'm thinking to myself because the crowd probably just retreated back into the wilderness edges for the lack of bravery pardon me. And Jesus, I think to myself, what the fuck? I signed up for this extreme package and now I'm here in front of death, the cute Australian guy. And I see Emma, of course, and she's over at the front of the pack, making her way to the jumper line. She's about four people back because everybody else is like lining the edge of the wilderness, like the tree line. Nobody else is there. There's, there's like three other people. And then there's Emma. I then casually glance over to Jen, who is sitting down now 
on the rock. We're still at the front of the presentation, but she's sitting down on the rock and she, she sort of holds up her hand and I can tell that her hand is shaking and she looks kind of nervous. And for like a split second, I think to myself, thank fucking God. She has some common sense. She's practical. She's a nurse. And she clearly knows that this is very dangerous. And obviously we shouldn't be even out here. We'll just eat the cookies and the juice and cheer on the other lunatics. And, and, and that'll be it. It'll be fine. Guys, I kid you not. I don't even have enough time to talk to her. It was that quick. And out of nowhere, Jen gets up from the seated position into a complete beast mode. And she makes her way over to the lineup behind Emma. I'm like, what the fuck, Jen? Now I have to go. It's in that exact moment that I just let go. I put my hands across my chest in an X position and I jump and I feel this massive rush of exploding bubbles as I'm dropping now into the Ottawa River and I just let go of being cringe and I just live for that moment. I come, I resurface and I swim like a boss to the right side of the shore just as I was directed to because I don't want to get the emergency toss rope. See, the thing is, is that adults, we care too much about what other people think, what the perfect version of whatever is the hell that we're doing. Perfection is such an overthinking tool, guys. And in reality, it's not even possible to achieve perfection. I don't know why the heck we have made this such a standard. But what we have allowed ourselves to believe so boldly that people care that much about us, here's the thing. They don't care. People do not care about your problems. They're most of the time worried about themselves and their own pile of perfection issues and struggles. And that is 100% the truth. Guys, Emma and Jen are complete badasses. And I'm so very, very proud to call them my friends. Without them, I would not have jumped. I would still be fucking standing at the top of that bloody rock waiting for my courage to kick in, making sure that everything was perfect so that nobody in the world would notice all the unperfection things that I was worried about that they were worried about. Guys, it doesn't matter. I found an entire summer of courage on that trip. See, the difference is between bravery and courage is that bravery is when a person sees a dangerous situation and immediately reacts bravely without even thinking. Courage, on the other hand, that's seeing a situation or danger or a scary experience and acting even though you are 100% scared. If you are struggling to find courage, it isn't because you're not brave. It's simply because you haven't identified something that's important as your fear. See guys, the hard season, fear looms large because it's a cousin to grief. Fear keeps you in the loop of remembering of what happened, who you lost, who betrayed you, who hurt you. It keeps you in suspended animation at the point in which the life you had blown up and became unrecognizable to you. Fear might even be comfortable. It takes courage to get uncomfortable, especially when you have already endured a type of pain that rocked you to your core. 
Guys, I have met so many interesting people this year. So many memories and there are so many more to come. And I look forward to the adventures with them. I look forward to this new version of me and seeing things for me that I can't go back to that old version of me, even on the days that I want to, because she doesn't exist anymore. I want you to know that making yourself vulnerable and open to brave and courageous situations where you feel like there's no fucking way that I'm going to do that and it's so cringe, you 100% have to. Do it anyways. Do it because I can almost guarantee you that there is so much more life on the other side of that. There's so much more learning, so much more growth, so much more joy. And guys, honestly, being cringy is super cool and being different in a crowd is even better. Fear of failure should never prevent you from living an exceptional life.